Now we can have some fun. <laughs> Hello everyone! Welcome to Then, Now, Whatever, the wrestling podcast. Episode number eight. Whatever Disney decide to call episode number eight Star Wars. <laughs> I'm your host, the outlandish Duncan Joyce. I'm joined as ever by the extraordinary Triple H Mark, Mr. Kyle Cambry. Welcome. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing all right. Uh, any different from five minutes earlier? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I've had two more cups of tea. I'm, I'm awake. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Grand, yeah. So, 2016 has been a busy year. Yes, it has. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. So, the start of a new year. It's always natural to kind of glance back and think, okay, what worked, what didn't work the previous year? Let's figure out what what we're hoping for the next year to come and what we enjoyed from yeah. the previous year. So we thought we'd do a little rundown of certain things we picked up on from the last year in wrestling that we enjoyed, a few things we didn't enjoy, and a few things... Jubilee! Oh yeah! Mm. 2016 in general, in terms of the wrestling landscape, what would be your most overriding memories of 2016? Well, to start off, AJ Styles in the Rumble. <laughs> that was a good kickoff. There was rumours for quite a few weeks. Would we see him, would we not? That started off 2016 well. The end of the Rumble <laughs> just kicked it into overdrive. Tribulation! <laughs> um... The other big one for me was the cruiserweights, bringing the cruiserweights back. Mm-hmm. That's massive. And the CWC tournament. It is a 32-man single elimination tournament representing 16 countries. This is going to be awesome. incredible just seeing all these guys with big 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 talent showcased was brilliant and then to be able to get the cruiserweights onto raw and now have their own show 205 live i'm a big fan watch it every week i encourage you to go and watch 205 live you won't be disappointed you will love neville as a heel the man mountain i'm a little bit worried about neville as a heel like have they changed this music yet? No. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love like bit where it goes all like wipe out. It's like beep, 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 beep. he's now gone into don't give a shit mode. So he doesn't come out with his cape. He just walks out. Yeah. I don't care. Good stuff. I don't have a cape anymore. <laughs> it seems to me with two or five live, you get at least one worthwhile match every week. My only point that I would say about 205 is because it's straight after Smackdown there's quite a few fans that you can see in the audience that are leaving Yeah. or you know if it does a, a cutaway to the audience some of them don't seem interested but then I've seen a few people argue to that on Twitter that well Raw's three hours so then having 205 makes Smackdown three hours but I suppose it's a different product isn't it? You'd think if you turn up for a live show you want to get the most out of it. Yeah. So 2016 saw a lot of attempts at WWE to broaden their business, broaden their network content. So, like you say, the Cruiserweight Classic. 
for me, when it was airing, it was the best weekly show on WWE television. Yeah. Really, really impressive. Wide range of guys. They got involved with that. Fantastic stuff. Loads of people. It was really surreal seeing in a WWE ring as well. And some of the returns are quite nice as well. Like seeing Tajiri again. Yeah. Seeing Kendrick again. Really interesting. Of course, the other part of broadening the business was the brand split. Yeah. We've now got a individual brand pay-per-view every month. So essentially two big super shows every month. Which is great for the network. If you've got the network, all these pay-per-views, brilliant. <laughs> lots and lots of content. I mean, even like, I enjoy stuff like the table for free. Yeah. I like seeing wrestlers just like have a natter and share like war stories and road stories. Yeah, it's the bedtime stories. Yes. Uh, that's another good one where you get to hear stories that you didn't know. Bubba Ray, the ECW story. Is it the NASCAR track? Right. They, they drove around. There was a gate that was open. There was Bubba, Tommy Dreamer. I can't think who else was in the car. But they went into a NASCAR track right. and he full pelt around the NASCAR track. Oh, wow! Because the gate was open. Um, and Bubba said he felt like he was going to die. <laughs> like some stories like that that I, I never heard, it's quite cool to hear. But yeah, there's a lot of really good content at the moment on the network. So that's sort of like the broader picture of things that are changing. Oh, the other thing about more content, like five-hour WrestleManias, four-hour SummerSlams, four-hour Survivor Series. Yeah. The one good thing is they seem to like position the NXT takeovers around the biggest WWE shows as well. So you get a nice little weekend of WWE content. Smart decision by Triple H. <laughs> Never. That's why he's the cerebral assassin. The big pay-per-views are becoming more of an event than actually just a pay-per-view. We've seen with Mania for the last few years they get big artists that come on and they do tracks and all the celebrities have their little spots. But yeah, they're becoming more events now, which money-wise is is a big plus point for them. Watching, there are bits that drag now, but, you know, you've got to even it out somewhere. We split things off into some categories here in terms of individual parts of the year that we can get into. We might as well start with favourite shows of the year and stuff. Now, for me, this year, in terms of individual shows, getting quite harder and harder to like recommend things as a whole. It's more, it's more of a like Bunch them together. Yeah, like cherry pick the best stuff because yeah. a lot of it's like, well, I quite enjoy that show, but yeah, some of the stuff that doesn't quite deliver. It's like, well. Would this really be as heartily a big recommendation as you know I would have done in past years? Yeah. So yeah, we're speaking individual shows here rather than like series like Raw and SmackDown. So like individual episodes of Raw and stuff. Having gone all through twenty sixteen, for me still the most consistent show was the Raw Rumble. Certainly from an in ring standpoint, I don't think they got that level of consistency of enjoyment throughout the rest of the year. The takeover events for NXT were like where they got closest with that. Takeover Dallas, just a stellar, stellar show. Brooklyn as well. The end. We did an episode on that. See episode four for that. See episode one for our talk of the Royal Rumble as well. What about you, Kyle? Any sort of standout shows? 
after the brand split, I would say the, the biggest improvement on show would be SmackDown. I just think the new format and how the camera angles are much different than Raw. I think that's the big plus point. But as a standalone show, I really, really enjoyed SummerSlam this year. It showcased a lot of talent and it showcased a lot of new talent as well. We got to see Finn get to the top of the mountain, which was nice to see. A lot of the crowd appreciated that because they knew of Finn Balor, they knew of Prince Devitt. So, you know, that was a, a good point. And I think WWE was smart in their booking of that to kind of give him the role, knowing how well he was in NXT and, you know, the popularity he had. But, yeah, from a standpoint, from beginning to end, I think SummerSlam was my my show of the year. Cesaro and Sheamus, really, really good. Yeah. AJ Styles, Cena, another classic. Yeah. Finn and Seth, like you say. Dean and Ziggler. Owens and Jericho and Enzo and Cass. Yeah, that was a pretty consistent show overall. The year before, for me, was really, really good from an in-ring standpoint. It just had screwy finishes. Yeah. This time around, didn't quite meet that standard, but there was far less screwy stuff going on. Apart from bloody Brock opening up Randy at the end, that was... I always find I don't know whether it's the same with you but WWE always kick the year off great Mm. so the Rumble is always a massive event and we get all these cameos and these surprise you know these surprises and we kind of skyrocket and everyone's like yes what a great end to the Rumble this you know this is it this we're going forward this is good we get to Mania we kind of you know, in, in free fall a little bit, and then we steady the ship after Mania, we kind of get everything going, and then it's just, we just end up in free fall for some reason. I don't know, the booking-wise, they put everything into the first three months, and then, but that's how it's seen for the last few years. This last year, I think there was kind of, a kind of medium to it. There wasn't anything that was majorly terrible that we kind of thought I actually stay clear of that and there wasn't anything that was you know incredible that we thought right everybody you need to watch this yeah I was going to say I mean in terms of like the post mania low I thought they did slightly better this year to be honest well I think that's because of the draft well I mean even before the draft like yeah. Extreme Rules was quite a solid yeah. show in terms of the top liners so like AJ and Roman were pretty good together the intercontinental title scene was really really good as well so that carried through a lot of stuff for me Battleground was a really interesting show for me and there was a lot of really really good in-ring stuff there like Sammy and Kevin uh, the Shield triple threat yeah and there's some fun stuff like Cena and his goons and AJ and his goons and the intrigue about what's going to happen what titles are going to go where for me the best television show this year aside from the cruiserweight classic like you can just say that in general i can't think of a like particular episode off the top of my head we'll maybe get into that more when we talk about individual matches but for me the first episode of raw after the draft was a really really brilliant show yeah the number one contender situation about four way and Roman and Finn had a really great match. Sasha and Charlotte had a really great match. Just stunning. I wish they could have kept up a bit more. In terms of like draft stuff, do you say SmackDown's improved more 
Show-wise. Show-wise, yeah. yeah. Who do you think's had the better pay-per-view events? I think I'd still go for Raw. I think SmackDown has improved a hell of a lot. I just... I can't seem to side with anyone on SmackDown. Right. I can't seem to follow their story more than I can on Raw. I mean, I absolutely love AJ. What AJ is doing is, is brilliant. But I just... I don't know. There's something about the raw stories that they tell that I kind of, I feel more invested in their pay-per-views. But, you know, the, the SmackDown pay-per-views have been absolutely fine to watch. You know, they, it's nothing against that. But, yeah, I think I'd say raw. Right. Yeah. I've kind of preferred SmackDown. Backlash, the first one. Pretty solid watch all the way through. No Mercy might have been a little bit better, but they did that fiddling with the format thing. This is a pattern now with WWE's Big super shows being primarily for the network rather than pay-per-view. They fiddle with the format to you know, meet all sort of extraneous circumstances. So like Money in the Bank would have been an alright show, but that was extra long for some reason. Because yeah. I think they wanted their title match to go on after this I don't know, basketball game or something had finished. No Mercy, again, there's some good, really good stuff there, but the opening match was the championship match because they wanted people to see that before the election debate and it kind of ruined the feel of the show a bit for me it's all this talk about oh it's the main event match no it's, it's the opening match yeah it's all really ludicrous oh everything's the main event match but we kind of poked from that in yeah, our unforgiving did, yeah. episode draft wise for me backlash is probably the best smackdown pay-per-view and hell in a cell was the best one from raw for me mm. all the hell in a cell matches were Pretty worthwhile. I was a bit harsh on Roman and Rusev at the time, but still. Okay, so moving on to individual matches then. Which matches really stand out as being pinnacle performances for the year? Well, just straight off the top of my head, the Finn-Roman match on the first Raw, I really enjoyed that, Mm -hmm. that, that final match. That was really good. Yes, Finn had a lot of push behind him, but there was still part of me that thought, you know, Roman's going to win this. And I just love the back and forth, the, the battle between the two of them. There was a few Mania matches that were up there. You'll laugh, but I, the Triple H Roman, that was a good match. Because it, it showcased exactly what they wanted to put across. In that Triple H still got it. Roman is the guy that they want to give it to. Yes, the audience don't like that the smart audience but that was that was a really good match that I, I enjoyed you could see that Triple H was the one that was moving everything about and mm. you know getting all that assaulted but yeah they're, they're, they're my two they're my top two which is strange that I've got Roman in both of them he's shown great chemistry with a whole variety of people yeah. this year big time improving as a performer he just needs to get more of his due really mm. It's just because he's so strongly pushed. Like, you will love Roman. You will love Roman. That WrestleMania title match was a big disappointment for me. I thought they could have done a hell of a lot better. And it's not just because, you know, they're running with Roman and the crowd are like, la, 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 I'm not listening. Mm. Was, uh, there's AJ and Cena as well. That was a good match. Yes. SummerSlam was probably the yeah. best one for me. Yeah, I think the SummerSlam one. That's big on my list of things as well. I think my favourite is still Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Take over Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. You talk about making someone in a night. Incredible. 
In terms of WrestleMania, the Women's Championship Triple Threat match, best match of the night for me. And it's really, really good to say that about a women's match at WrestleMania. It was the show stealer. Yeah. I mentioned that the Intercontinental title scene mid-year was really good. So like the four-way match at Extreme Rules, Miz, Zayn, Cesaro and Owens, stellar stuff there. And Sammy and Owens match at Battleground. Sammy and Owens, whenever they fight each other, you know, the NXT battles were amazing. And then just bringing it into mainstream, as we will, just as good. They just know how to work a match that makes you really feel its significance in the history of it. Yeah. Going back to the women's stuff, Sasha and Charlotte's match on the first Raw of the draft, really, really fantastic. The Cruiserweight Classic, in general, is just really good, but for me, the two highlights were Kota Ibushi versus Cedric Alexander. Wonderful, wonderful match. Just the outpouring of love for Cedric after that match. Yeah. Has to come out. Yeah, he's got it, he's got it. And Rich Swan versus TJ Perkins as well. The way that Rich Swan sold the way TJ was attacking his leg in it match. Yeah. There's not enough selling in wrestling nowadays. So, you know, that's a match for me you should go and watch if you're a wrestler and you want to learn your craft. That's a really good performance to watch. I have to mention the Revival versus DIY. Yeah. I kind of prefer the Brooklyn one a little bit to the two out of three falls. It seems insane to me that one little shot block gets so much heat from the crowd. You know you're doing something right then when something so simple just gets such a visceral reaction. Then I have to mention as well, Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. They've been really good together all year, but the one where Dolph's career was on the line at No Mercy was their best match. In that match he showed, I mean, we knew he's... Obviously, his t- uh, career wasn't on the line per se, but you know the story that he told. You kind of got the idea that everything's on the line here. He showed that story in the ring, which was really, really nice to see. Definitely, it really played up the history of the past matches as well. Yeah. Going back to Rich Swan, and he's one of the guys that I've been really impressed with. And I did a little bit of research. In, in the independence, he went by El Negro Mysterio, mm. and he, he had a mask on, and I never knew that. And That's really yeah. interesting. He's not the kind of guy I put behind a mask. Mm. He's got such a great personality. Yeah. 
On a similar vein here, what about individual wrestlers? Who have you been enjoying showing up? <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> okay, right. We'll, no, we'll ignore that. We'll ig- we'll we, ignore we've that. got our time for Triple H later on, don't you worry. Okay, so, other than... Uh, <laughs> other than the <laughs> obvious, all hail. I think bringing Finn through. That's a big plus. Massive shame that he got injured because I, you know, we've missed out on some fantastic matches that I'm sure that he would, he would have put on. So Finn's definitely up there. Nakamura, what a talent he is. Lucky to say that I've seen him live. Incredible, incredible talent. Just the atmosphere that he brings to the crowd and to the the building is just fantastic. As soon as his music hits and everyone starts to sing along. Yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful wrestler. And then I'd say AJ, they, they would have been my three, my pyramid. Oh, certainly, yeah. You know, ever since he debuted at the Rumble, he's just got better and better and better. And the matches that he puts on, there's not one match so far, fingers crossed, that I've gone, you know, whatever match AJ has. Yeah, the ones with Ellsworth. Mm. <laughs> Um, we'll just we'll ignore them uh, but you know actually important matches they've all been of a top standard absolutely yeah 2016 the year of AJ Styles for me even before he came to the WWE he had this amazing match with Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 10 yeah. and yeah like you say he comes in at the Rumble has this feud with Jericho got some quite good stuff out of that Oh my god, he's just grown all throughout this year in terms of his placing in the company. I, I could never have dreamed that it would have gone so well for him. He's just a man. He's the guy I look out for most in terms of, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a good match here. I, I, I need to watch him wrestle. In our Royal Rumble podcast, we, we compared him to being Cristiano Ronaldo, didn't we? Mm. And about you know where, where would his place in the company be with a guy of su- such enormous wrestling ability... He, you know, surely he can't just be a mid-card. Um, you know, we've seen that his talent has just come through. When he beat Cena and he got Cena's little uh, armband and he wore it as a headband. It's <laughs> <laughs> myself. In terms of other wrestlers, Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch from the SmackDown side of things as well. Yeah. All done some really, really ace stuff in the ring. Jericho and Kevin Owens, like, as a pairing... The list. <laughs> you just made the list! Immense together, really, really enjoyable in terms of Eskits as well. Jericho has really shown his value this year. I think what's good with Jericho is he knows when he needs to switch things up. Every character that he comes back as, he's relatable to that era, if you will. So he's just been able to adapt his character, which is just a massive plus point. Mm-hmm. Sink it in. Nah. <laughs> oh, similar note to AJ, Cesaro's another wrestler. I think, okay, mm. go and watch him. He's so consistent in the ring, gets great matches with a wide variety of people. And got to show some love for The Miz as well. Wonderful, wonderful year for The Miz. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant at getting heat. Had lots of great matches, especially with Ziggler. He's the best heel in the company. Like for me, there's only really Charlotte just behind him. I think Charlotte isn't really on his level in terms of promos, 
but other than that, like she's a similar sort of. She gets really, really good heat. She wrestles really, really well, and I tend to enjoy her matches. I was a bit worried watching TLC, and there were some people in the crowd cheering for Miz. Like, well, how are people begrudgingly going to praise Miz now if they can't go? Oh, he's the best pure heel in the company. Everyone hates him. Yeah, people should stop begrudgingly praising Miz and just flat up praising Miz and accepting he's a great character and he's a very good wrestler. Let's talk about cowards for one second. The reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for 10 plus years. I have never, never in my career ever have been injured. I don't get injured for six months to a year. I am here each and every week. But you sit there and call me a coward? Yeah. I'm the coward? Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them. I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. Okay, I'm the one that they, doesn't love if the they, fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, they, they, if you, you would? Yeah. You, you would. You, you love that WWE ring. You love be wrestling. You love being right in that wrestling ring and you love wrestling, right? Well, why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie okay, friends? Okay, I think you then, need to huh? calm. No, that's, not no, this, that's not what this show's Me about. The GM have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward. I am not a coward. I am your intercontinental champion, and there's a reason I am the title. Reason making this the most relevant, prestigious title that WWE has, and I deserve okay. the respect okay. on SmackDown Live. Get that camera right here. Get that camera right here. Understand that this is day 141 of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour, and I swear to you, I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I could care less about those little kids on, on, on for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the WWE championship. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here, day in and day out, in that wrestling ring, beating people up. Thank you very much. I think The Miz may end up being the next wrestler that we see that draws that line in between face and heel. Because we've seen it with a lot of wrestlers. Autumn's a, a big example. You know, face or heel, he gets a massive pop. Undertaker was another one. Face or heel, massive pop. Yeah. Brock's starting to go that way. So I think The Miz could potentially be the next one because of, of how good his stuff has been. What about in terms of storylines and rivalries? What were the standout storylines and rivalries for you? Cena, AJ. Yeah. was a big one. I didn't know how that would play out. That was a really good um, rivalry I think Roman getting the championship and Triple H winning it etc 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 and then Seth and Roman having their interchange teasing you know does the shield come back mm. does it not come back and you know Kevin Owens is a perfect insert into that rivalry that's been great and you know as we've said Chris Jericho just inserts himself perfectly into that the best friend storyline Mm. 
No, I'll stick with AJ and Cena. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's that's the standout. Because as soon as you said that, that was the first thing that came to my head. Definitely. Really, really productive rivalry in terms of making AJ, really. Yeah. Him winning at SummerSlam, bam. You needed to put the championship on him immediately, and that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. And it worked a treat. Lots of really good promo work on the lead-up to that as well. Like, yeah. Cena had this promo, was like, Why am I still here? Oh, that's an easy answer because it ain't changed over a decade and a half. I'm here out of love. I love the look on that kid's face when he's jumping up and down, excited, cheering on his favorite superstar. And I ain't ashamed. I love when parents pull me aside and say, thank you for all you do. I should be thanking them because I can't do it without you. You, the only reason you're here is to be a really good wrestler. And you've already proven if it doesn't work out for you, you'll pick up shop and move someplace else. There is no place else for me. The reason I'm here is because the words honor, loyalty, and respect are my heartbeats. I am here out of love. What the hell are you doing here? So yeah, for me, AJ going on to being champion and stuff, big standout moment. A performer that I've really enjoyed watching in Japan and all mm. in TNA and seeing him get his due in the WWE yeah. is just phenomenal. Although... Just on the on the flip side, we've seen her. Seen her actually last year fell flat because of stuff that he'd said in previous years. Do you remember when he had the rival with The Rock and he said, you're never here, <laughs> I'm always here. And last year, unfortunately, he got a lot of stick for you know hardly being there because mm-hmm. he was off doing other stuff. So in hindsight... Should he really have said that, thinking he's going the way of the rock? We'll see where this goes for Cena. Most of it, it was injuries and stuff. Yeah. But a lot of that was, I think it's is it American Grit or something, a show he presents. Like a boot camp thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like a pale imitation of Stone Cold's <laughs> Broken Skull Challenge. Yeah. Hollis! I'll make you show a bust-ass backbreaker! I was saying about Rollins as well, his return, really, really good to see. And the way that kind of built into the triple threat with the Shield and the intrigue with the draft, like, where's the championship going to go? Yeah. The Miz and Dolph Ziggler rivalry as well, very consistent in the ring. Some nice promos came out of that as well. I have to mention in terms of ones that were slightly disappointing, Shane coming back was tremendous to see, but... He lost the stipulation match and then always still winds up with control of the company. Lazy stuff. Let's move on to most improved. Who have you been more impressed with coming out of 2016 than you were coming into 2016? I suppose it's only happened in the last month, but I'm going to go with Neville just because Mm. of what he's doing at the moment. Coming into 2016... It was only sporadic appearances, but 
you know, his momentum coming into 2017 now, he's in the cruiserweight division, he's the big bad heel taking over from the Brian Kendrick and he's just annihilating the cruiserweights. But the story that he's telling is brilliant and he, you know, he's give no shit attitude yeah. that he's got is fantastic. And plus he, he can wrestle. So his manoeuvrability in the ring, his his flips and he, you know, his technical ability that he's got it's just brilliant. So yeah. for me, I'm I'm saying Neville. It's a shame it's like he missed out on an intercontinental title win at WrestleMania because of that injury. Yeah. So it's it's really nice to see him with a big storyline like this for me. Yeah. Personally, of course I've got to mention Miz again. He's really coming to his own. It feels weird saying this about a 20-year veteran, but Chris Jericho, for me, at the start of a year, I was just like, uh, nostalgia stuff. Yeah. Then, midway through the year, he just really, really grew his character. It was absolutely phenomenal work. He just shows that he's still the master at this kind of things. Yeah. Got to mention Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Really, really fantastic. She's got the best facial expressions in wrestling at the minute. It's really good to see her as a champion. Charlotte, too, really, really grown into her role. The last couple of months, Baron Corbin's really sort of stepped it up. Like, he had a really good match with Callisto at TLC. Yeah. And he seems kind of motivated in that. He's had a lot of stick recently, hasn't he, of, you know, being quite arrogant and quite, you know, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's showing what he can do now, which is good. And on the, the other, well, big people front, Naya. It's a shame like she's not really being used at all that well on the main roster and she's probably lost a bit too much. But in terms of what she does in the ring, she's really gained a lot of confidence, I thought. And Braun Strowman, excellently booked. Yeah. Got to watch his last man standing match with Sammy. On the subject of improvements, what would you like to see in 2017 to sort of correct the faults of 2016? What's like your wish list in terms of improvements that could be made to to the product Finn coming back will be a massive improvement so that's not really a change it's just something exciting for 2017 product change I think with Smackdown I think that it's too light hearted Raw's kind of dark edge whereas I think that Smackdown could probably take advantage of that because they've got characters on Smackdown that are the darker side of wrestling, but they, they're kind of seen in a lighter view. You've got Dean Ambrose, the lunatic fringe. He's not a lunatic at the moment because he, you know, he can't really show off that side of, of his, whereas if he was on Raw, they, they would use that. Same with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. They're sinister, creepy... You know, they, they still do that on SmackDown, but it's not to the, the potential that you, you kind of would hope because if if he's supposed to be the next Undertaker, you, you know, that sort of character, we need to see a darker a darker side to him. So I would switch that up a bit, bring that out more. With Ambrose, I'm always kind of disappointed when it sort of degenerates into comedy and... The Ellsworth stuff just no, didn't do it for me. And also, remember your hardcore trolley. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pack up all these weapons and then forget them. I mean, in reality, what probably happened was Brock's like, 
No, not doing that shit. I'm wrestling the UFC <laughs> in the next month. So for me, the big ones are the use of Lana and Rusev. I love Rusev. He's tremendous. His storylines have been shite recently. Yeah. I hate how Lana's just used as a prop. When they started out with their gimmick, they were just sensational together. And it was like, these two are keepers here. They you know, really, really committed to their roles. Since they've kind of like humanized Lana a bit, and she's lost that kind of like Soviet seal to her. We've seen far too many where it's like, oh, someone's hitting on Lana and Rusev goes, how dare you hit on my wife? And yeah. Although out of wrestling, they're fantastic. Um, oh, Rusev is hilarious, isn't he? On social media, yeah. he's brilliant. And it just shows the two sides of the character that he is playing, you know, this big brute who beat people up. But out of that and, you know, in the real world, he's just this, this really cool... I want to have a laugh kind of guy. Yeah. I wonder if that really plays into the reception to his character as well, that he's so nice in real life. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the, especially the stuff with Roman, people are always going to be determined to side against Roman Reigns anyway. But, you know, if you paint things in broad strokes, it was like Roman was a bit of a dick and interrupted the wedding ceremony and stuff. Everyone forgets the fact that Rusev caught a really kind of horribly racist kind of promo about Roman and his Samoan heritage and yeah. stuff because when they're painting the broader picture it's just like oh hey Roman Reigns I'm coming out here I'm going to disrupt you because I'm a bit of a dick you know yeah. and everyone sees Rusev on social media in real life like what a nice guy and his character sticking up for his wife I'm going to stick by this guy well that was the fault that the Enzo Rusev kind of fell because if you think of it in the broader picture, Rusev's just sticking up for his wife. Yeah. So how can you how can you go against Rusev when actually in reality that's kind of what anybody would do. They would stick up for the the wife. Mm. So, you know, it's the booking just needs tweaking a little. Yeah, definitely. Like the, their attempt at kind of turning that back around with that like hotel entrapment thing yeah. didn't really work out. You know, they had Enzo would be the one for actually no I don't feel comfortable with this and like try and turn it around to like Lana's kind of the one pulling the strings and stuff yeah. it still didn't quite ring true to me the other big one is in terms of the raw women's division there's a lot more depth there than gets used I realise Summer's injured I realise Paige is injured but we've got Emmalina just never never turning up <laughs> no. premiering next week no. No. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, Sasha and Charlotte produced a lot of really, really great matches. Yeah. And they're really good together in the ring. The hot potatoing of the championship uh, was a bit naff in terms of, I think it's really hard to have faith in Sasha as a big match wrestler now that she always loses on pay-per-view. That, as well as the other women of the division not really getting much TV time is kind of like turned popular opinion against Sasha and Charlotte, which is really unfair because they're excellent wrestlers and they did really well when they were in the ring together. Mm. So, yeah, I want more Bailey. Dana, she's probably a bit out of her depth still, but, you know, you only improve by getting in the ring and being put in spots to try things out. So something needs to be done like that. Naya as well. Oh, they've got this ball rolling with her and Sasha. Yeah. With the, the hot potatoing that you're saying of the title, I quite like that because 
I'm not a fan of someone that holds on to the titles for a long time. Okay. And I know it's good credibility for a champion, but going back to the attitude area, that was what was so nice. You know, all the rocks got it, Triple H's got it, Stone Cold's got it. You know, yeah. It's, it's just back and forth who's got this title. Maybe not hot potato in it as much as the, the women did because, you know, it did move around quite a lot and it was just the two of them. But if they could maybe bring, you know, three or four women into the picture and they hot potato it around the four of them, that might be quite entertaining to, you know, see that well, she's got it this week, you know, and, and move forward. Well, going off what you're saying here, it sounds to me it's more for unpredictability that appeals to you. Yeah. And for me, the opposite happened with these title changes. You knew what was going to happen. You yeah. knew if it's a Raw Championship match, Sasha's going to win. If it's a pay-per-view one, Charlotte's going to win. Yeah. So you're swapping this championship about, but you're not sort of suspending people's disbelief or like yeah. trying to subvert their expectations or anything. Yeah. Use of the term main event for random matches. Yeah. Bugger off. Say like marquee match or featured match, you know, with the Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. That was a massive, massive deal and it's incredible to have the three lasses on the side of that big stadium it's like yeah. this is a match that people are going to pay for, to see but to then go and do a documentary and claim they were the main event slash headline match is just a, gone a bit too far in terms of a, yeah. way too disingenuous yeah let it stand out as you know what it was it was the best match of the night it was what a lot of people were interested in seeing and then the booking of champions Certainly, the headline men's champions, Kevin Owens loses far too much for my liking. And I really really didn't like AJ getting sidetracked with James Ellsworth. Yeah. Have the champions win a lot more? The whole James Ellsworth thing, I'm not a fan of at all. It's the wrong way to book it. Yeah. Yes, if you want to use James Ellsworth with Dean Ambrose, that's fine. But then use it with... And maybe the Miz. It shouldn't be main event card. I don't. I don't feel, you know. And have AJ and Dolph keep them together. I mean, you know, that's what they're doing now. But they could have done that from the start. Again, it's a booking thing. In general, I quite enjoyed Survivor Series for its Survivor Series matches. Mm. But one of the irritating things from that show for me was the big men's singles Raw versus SmackDown match. You had a big face off where it's like oh there's a line in the sand the Smackdown guys are there the Raw guys are there and the crowd are chanting for Ellsworth mm. now I appreciate it's not like a negative chant they're showing the love for someone but that's not the focus of what's going on here you know yeah. this is a really really big moment it's like oh my god oh, the Raw the big Raw guys and the big Smackdown guys they're finally going to get it on and you're like oh, there's Ellsworth he's got no chin <laughs> mm. please no Behold the king, the king of kings. Okay, Kyle, this is your moment here. It's time for the favourite Triple H moment of the year. Let's take you back to Royal Rumble 2016. <laughs> that was so exciting to see him come out as mm-hmm. number 30. Unbelievable. I was already enjoying the Rumble anyway. I think that was one of the best rumbles for a few years. And yeah, to see Triple H come out, 
win the belt. I was a bit wary though when he took Roman out and there was just him and Dean left. And I was thinking, oh, please don't give it to Dean. Please don't give it to Dean. <laughs> but the whole run with him with the belt. I mean, I, I am realistic. I know that Triple H wasn't going to you know, last a long time with the belt. But you know, you just got to go with the flow. Yeah, fine. Losing it at Mania, you, you knew it was going to happen. What an entrance. Stephanie at the top introducing him. And, oh. You before me, peons! Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Him and his NXT superstars with him, you know. Mm. That for me is cool. Like, take away my love for Triple H, but the fact that it's this guy who's given an opportunity to all these NXT guys, and, you know, he said, right, I'm at Mania, in my entrance, you guys are with me. You know, how cool is that? You know, so he, he's giving opportunities to other people. His stuff in the authority, amazing, you know. The one thing that I do like, we mentioned it a little earlier about people who draw that line between face and heel, yeah. is that Triple H gets a big pop no matter what he's doing, you know, whether he's face or heel. And it was quite funny when he's doing the authority stuff that as soon as his music hits, everyone goes, yeah. But then when he gets in the ring and he speaks, everyone goes, <laughs> And then the biggest thing that he's done recently, giving Owens the belt, that was a massive shot. Did not expect that at all. Mm, yeah. Yeah, when he, when he came in, I'm thinking, oh, right, well, it's going back to Seth, and then, boom, Owens have it. Yeah, big year for Triple H. Hopefully we'll see more of him this year. Yeah. That's one thing that I am looking forward to this year, actually when Seth and Triple H do finally get it on. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that match, yeah. match. Yeah. I liked to work with Dean, really. I think they had a good match at Roadblock. Yeah. Even watching them together in the Rumble, I'm like, I hope they spin this off for a match, because this is pretty interesting to watch. This might be a bit like patting ourselves on the back here, but in, in our Rumble review, <laughs> thing was when we were going over the Rumble match, they're like, so how how is it a Rumble match? I was like, what? Up until the minute that Triple H came out, it was okay. This was so And that was after you'd made a joke about, oh, it's the best ever because Triple H won. And then when you were like serious, when you reverted to serious analysis, you, you were still like, oh, until Triple H came out, I was like, oh the, the one thing that I would say about the roadblock with Triple H indeed is it was a good match but again from a booking point of view you knew Triple H was going to go on to Mania well yeah which you kind of felt that there wasn't anything on the line which was quite disappointing but I, I don't know how else they could have booked that mm. but it was still a good match yeah yeah I, I kind of accepted that Triple H was going to win the match yeah. just for me it was just interesting seeing him hang with Dean or yeah, yeah. the other way around really as well yeah. like because I felt kind of let down by him in the Roman match it's, you know I like seeing Triple H work with the young guys yeah. and him working with Dean was a lot more like when he was working with Brian so it was a bigger payoff yeah of course we have to mention his work outside as an executive and stuff so broadening things up with the Cruiserweight Classic and the UK Championship Tournament. For me, his business moves have been the more overriding memory of him. And him 
standing next to all his NXT graduates like a proud father when they win championships as well. It is cool. I mean, loads of people knock me for how much I, I love Triple H, but like, he's showing that he's given these guys an opportunity. They've taken that opportunity, they've took the ball, and he's just proud. He's given them the opportunity, they've took it, and it's good on you. My other thing to mention as well is when TJ won the title and he like, whispered in his ear, and that watched like a thousand memes. Yeah. Jump in the room on Monday night. I loved the idea of how Triple H was the one that belted him up. That was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that gives you the opportunity. <laughs> He's just there. He's mm. a cool, cool guy. Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about outside of WWE? How much wrestling did you have a chance to see? Or just any sort of news stories or whatever that you think really, really stood out in terms of... Well, it's been a big year for Matt Hardy. Ah, <laughs> yes! That's, Delightful! Yeah, that's been a, a big one that's kind of not been off my newsfeed. <laughs> I don't know whether I like it. It was good at first, yeah. but I'm kind of getting to the point of, is this guy actually insane? Uh-huh. Is, is this real? <laughs> you know, but that just shows how good of a story, you know, storyteller he is. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Hardy. He's always been my favourite Hardy out of the two. And to see him back to doing what he does best after all these troubles that he's had is also nice to see. But they're pretty much single-handedly running TNA at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> Looks a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, been, that's been one of my overriding memories of the year. The whole ownership, not scandal, but saga. You couldn't make this stuff up. No. <laughs> it's more appealing than the wrestling show at times. Yeah. Know? I should say as well, in terms of TNA, Lashley is awesome. He's got this great character there now. He's really got everything down. Go and see Progress live. Tons and tons of great stuff. Chris Hero versus Marty Skrull. War Machine versus London Riots. And Fabian Aichner versus Drake. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic. It's phenomenal live. Just the things athletically he can do. Yeah. Magic. Japanese stuff. Kenny Omega's really, really sort of ascended to the top of the company. I've been really pleased with that and just how they've coped with that mass exodus of AJ and Doc and Carl and Shinsuke. They've really kind of legitimised Omega. He really wasn't doing it for me when he was in the junior heavyweight division. I thought his matches were a little bit... Didn't quite live up to their potential. Yeah. But he, he's really, really stepped up his game as a headline act and has had loads of great matches particularly against Tetsuya Naito in the G1 tournament. And Katsuyori Shibata is one of my favourite wrestlers as well. He's just so violent. It's great. He had this really, really good feud with these guys from another company New Japan did business with called Pro Wrestling Noah. And there was one, there was like a multi-man tag team match and he headbutted a guy and he did it so hard that he actually bled himself he cut himself open from his own headbutt that's how hard he hit it wow. and you could hear it reverberate all throughout the hall oh my god it's the most violent thing I've seen in wrestling like in terms of it's not a weapon it's not some stunt it's just someone hitting you really really hard and yeah. oh my god it's phenomenal Ring of Honor I've still enjoyed following them as well and it was good to see Kyle O'Reilly win their world championship yeah House of Hardcore 
I've kind of got into. Oh, right. Uh, is that Tommy Dreamers? Tommy Dreamer, yeah. yeah. Watched a few clips. It's nothing on ECW, but there's a lot of old wrestlers. Uh, well, Bubba Ray Dudley wouldn't like me to call him old wrestler, but, you know, like Attitude Era wrestlers right. that show up. And, you know, he's doing his thing and it's gathering some big steam, which is good. And it's really entertaining as well. Some good stories. Hey, sounds good. I think... Are they on Flow Slam now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh, cool. How about football? And- oh, so 2016, Leicester City won the Premier League. Oh, yes. Right? That's, like, incredible. We were trying to talk about how to compare Leicester City to a, a wrestling event of, you know, how the impossible was made possible. So I said about Rey Mysterio winning the world title... But Duncan actually pipped me and came up with a better one. Leicester City winning the Premier League is the equivalent of Ellsworth winning the world title in the WWE. I mean, it's incredible what happened last year. It won't happen again. Yeah, the title race last year is fantastic. Yeah, I love Leicester and Tottenham for freshening up. Wonderful to watch as a neutral. Shane Bolton got relegated again. Yeah. Things look on the up in terms of that. Although, yeah, plus of 2016, we are, you know, in the top three. When does that ever happen? Oh, yeah. Wondrous <laughs> We've got shit enough to be good at one of the shit. We've got a nosebleed at the moment. We're too high. It's really weird for me. It's like when I was finishing my master's degree, that was when they got relegated from the Premier League. And yeah. now here I'm finishing, I was finishing my PhD and they got relegated again. Yeah. <laughs> I should stop finishing degrees. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yeah, they're on the up now, so that's good. If you're a football fan as well, I definitely recommend you get your way over to reading David Squire's cartoons in The Guardian. They're hilarious. Just fantastic. Loads of great running gags. <laughs> it's, it's always good to go to the comment section. Everyone's like, oh, I spit my coffee over my keyboard. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, coffee spitting... Comments coming in, three, two, one. In football news as well, we'd like to announce we do have a Bolton Wanderers player who listens to our podcast. Oh, yes, So yes. just want to say a big hi to David Wheater. Doing well this season. I hope it continues into 2017. Thank you for listening. Absolutely, thank you. Fingers crossed for 2017. So that'll wrap everything up for this episode. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast. That's probably the best place to keep up with us and our comings and goings and when new episodes are coming up and that. We're also on Facebook if you give us a like there. We promise we'll do something eventually. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And we're also on SoundCloud as well. Search for us for TNW Podcast. That's probably the easiest place to listen to all of our episodes. I've made a playlist of all of our episodes so far and my guest appearances on the Roars Nitro podcast. Next time! Uh, what are we doing next time? I think it'll be the Rumble. Probably the Rumble I guess, yeah. yeah. We're also going to the UK Championship Tournament. So it could be that as in, well. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how it airs on the network. Yeah. Um, well, is it live? I'm sure it's live. Are they doing it live? Mm. Oh, that'd be interesting. We'll see what happens there. We, we might get to do an episode on that, depending on what the WWE do with it themselves yeah we'll let the network decide <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah hopefully the rumble Goldberg Lesnar possibly The Undertaker coming up mm. 
I'm not too sure. I can't pick a winner yet. No, I don't really know. It's exciting. What, yeah. what, what, which way are they going to go here? Mm. So, yeah, it's a goodbye from Kyle. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you in 2017. And it's a goodbye from me. I'll catch you down the road. Thanks for coming to my rage. <laughs>